This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It hasn't been a happy new year for City. After dropping points against Everton in the last game of 2022, we ask if the Blues are sleepwalking into a crisis during 2023. We discuss the latest round of Bernardo Silva exit chatter and dissect whether or not Pep's comments about players' body language is something that you should worry about. It's Wednesday the 3rd of January. I'm Amos Murphy. And I'm Louis Reto. And this is the City Report Podcast. Unbelievable! Manchester United 1, Manchester City 6, it's 2 for Dzeko. Tottenham Hotspur 3, Manchester City 4. They have made the impossible possible. New Year, new voice. City Report podcast has been busy in the January market already. A debut for Louis. Firstly, welcome. Secondly, tell our wonderful listeners exactly what it is that you do, because I have a feeling that some of them probably, maybe not you personally, but they'd have definitely seen the your side hustle, your, your biggest venture. So um, <laughs> if you want to talk, talk us through that, mate, before we get into it. Yeah, yeah. So basically, I am um, obviously City fan like everyone else started as, when I was going to a lot of games, I was like, I just want to put it somewhere. So um, yeah. I started um, Talk MCFC on Instagram about three years ago now, um, growing it to about 46,000 followers. That's the main... That's the main one. And then I started on TikTok as well. Uh, I've got a YouTube channel, that's more into my name for like just like general football yeah. vlogs. Um, and then a Twitter for a similar thing. But yeah... Um, 
that's 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 me really. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Just a little tight, just a little bit of salt on the top to start off with. I mean, that's <laughs> perfect. I mean, I I personally follow follow you on everything, and it, you you producing some fantastic stuff. So we are in esteemed sure, company. Mate. Um, we're gonna jump straight into it because if you haven't already, go back and listen to yesterday's episode. Adam and Oliver went through the Everton game. Obviously, one one. Um, it wasn't a New Year's New Year's Eve hangover making you think that City did actually drop points against the relegation threatened Everton, which was a little bit concerning. Um, but we'll we'll crack on and we'll dissect a little bit of the stuff that's gone on after it. We're going to start with Bernardo Silva because, as you have probably seen by now, Bernardo Silva has once again been in the headlines. He's been speaking about his future, a massive transfer saga in the summer with Barcelona. It didn't materialise to a move despite him pushing for it as much as he could, basically, whilst also being sort of professional and, and speaking well about the club, et cetera, et cetera. But it's resurfaced as we head into the new year. Bernardo Silva in an interview with Record.pt, who I believe are a Portuguese outlet. He said, I'm very focused at Manchester City. It makes no sense to talk about leaving in the middle of a season. I've been at Man City for almost six years. A lot of respect for the club. News keeps appearing. People know where there have been talks about me and the club. At the end of the season, we'll talk again to see what's best. I'm focused on winning more titles. Uh, we have never won the UCL. That's a great objective. And then this is the bombshell, isn't it? He goes on to speak about the fact that there is a desire at some point to leave. I don't know how long I'll be. I'm 20, uh, how long I'll be at City. I'm 28, 29 in the summer. Two more years of my Man City contract. City would, it would end up at, at 31 years old for me. I won't hide my goal in recent years. If something good appears elsewhere, we will probably move to a new project. Louis, um, there's a lot to take in there. Obviously, the, the quotes came in little bits of different pieces and little bits of different nuggets. Basically, what we can decipher is that the desire to leave, as we've known from the summer, is always there. First thing, first thing first, what did you make of it? The timing, the comments, and do you think it was the right move from Bernardo Silva's point of view? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one. Like like you say, there's, there's so much to take in. I, I was reading for it earlier, I was trying to pick out the key points from it but there's I think there's one key quote where he says what, what you mentioned at the very end where he's like um when he wants to move on the age he wants to move on which mm. is the interesting part but I just feel like he keeps going back and forth there's not really a conclusive answer to yeah. the whole thing and he doesn't really seem to know himself um but yeah the timing wise yeah I'm not I'm not so sure on that especially mid-season as well um mm. and considering everything that's going on you know middle of the year st- it's New Year as well, quite literally. Yeah, and he's just yeah. come out of it. I know. It, it, it's it, like you say the the word that I think has been banded about most has been interesting. There's some people sort of on both sides of the divide. I've seen quite a few people cutting his legacy off completely and I think that's maybe a little bit reactionary in that sense you know nobody wants to see a current player at the club trying to for want of a better term twerk for a move elsewhere but that's what it sort of feels like doesn't it And, and I think it's important to know at this point we have some we see the summer windows as a sort of like you get to the end of the season in May and June whatever players have a couple of weeks off, then the transfer window opens. It's important to realise that most of the deals get done in this part of the year. Not, obviously not in the January window, but when we get past the January window, February, March, that's when players and agents are having contract talks and they're discussing the next move. I feel like this is a little bit from Bernardo Silva of a come and get me play in the sense that he obviously was very, um, I think, well-mannered in, in his approach in the summer when Barcelona were after him. You know, he was sort of, yeah, you know, I'd, I'm, I'm at City, if something comes, blah, blah, blah. This feels a bit like, 
I'm still here, guys. You know, yeah. don't forget yeah, about yeah, me. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm still, I still want to move. Uh, if something comes up, come and come and get me. What, what, what would you say to the people who have sort of who have who are cutting his legacy off straight away? Is that something that you think is a fair response? It, no, yeah, that, like you say, that that's completely reactionary. I think, like, yeah, I've seen that. It's like I posted about it earlier, and the first few comments were like. I'm just tired of it. I'm bored of it, which I get that part of it because it's mm. it's been like a, I feel like the last three summers now, there's always been a rumour about Bernardo leaving. So mm. I get that part of it. But then the one, like you said, the ones about tarnishing his legacy and stuff like that is, yeah, that's way too over the top because I don't know, players get interviews all the time, don't they? And to be honest, as much as he's spoken a lot, I don't think there's anything particularly bad that he said as such. Mm. Do you know what I mean? He's yeah. more just talks openly, if anything. Yeah, it, it, you spot on there the sense that I, I'm trying to think back to when Leroy Sane was doing a similar thing. And, and for me, I felt that was a little bit... Obviously, Sane at that time was was out injured and obviously had a bit more time to go in and do interviews with, with yeah. media outlets and stuff. Um, but Bernardo Silva has, has always maintained this sort of quite amicable line of, we will, we will see what happens if something comes up. I, I, if I get the sense, obviously I don't know the player personally, but I get the sense he's maybe getting a little bit frustrated. Um, game time hasn't necessarily been as, especially sort of in the lead up to the World Cup, and I think he started on the bench a couple of times after it as well. I don't know whether or not that's affecting his performance. It, it, it didn't seem to be the case, did it, in that first sort of quarter of the season? He was putting on masterclasses week in, week out. That slowed down a little bit. It's interesting what, what Guardiola goes on and does from this point on, isn't it? Because... Some would say he's in. He, he's one of the first names on the city uh, on the starting 11s. Does it get to a point with with Guardiola where he has to simply go? If you are not one hundred percent committed into this project, what whatever happens in the summer, whatever, you know that's fair enough. But right now, if you're still mouthing off about wanting to leave, that's fine. But there isn't going to be a place in the starting eleven for you. We're going to speak about uh, yeah. some other comments, body language and whatnot, in, in, in performances and training. I get the sense that Pep Guardiola probably won't take much shit from Bernardo Silva moving forward if if stuff like this keeps going on as we get into the new year. No, I highly doubt it. I mean, Pep's not the sort like you say. Pep's definitely not the type to do that. We like you say we've seen with Sane, even when he came back from injury, he didn't play altogether because you know he, he made up his future, mm. decided he probably didn't want to stay. Um, Bernardo, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, against Everton, yeah, I thought it was miles off it compared to him usually. Um, yeah. And like you say, he had a really good start to the season. Um, I think for the time being, it's not, it, I wouldn't say it's major just yet. And I feel like Pep probably will pull him for a conversation, just maybe maybe talk to him briefly about mm-hmm. it and then hopefully gloss over it and move on. But I think if there's another thing after this, that's when you start asking questions. Yeah, yeah. It, it, like I said before, nobody wants to see players at the club sort of angling for a move that's exactly what this is and I actually think we're moving into a different sort of era for for Premier League footballers where you have uh, the player has a lot of the power we've seen it a few times already with players letting the contracts run down leaving on a fit on a free transfer they obviously pocket a lot more money and a signing on fee compared to the the club getting that money um, from a transfer fee. And and I think this is possibly something we might have to get used to. I think I've said before that I wouldn't be surprised in the next three or four years if City signed a world-beating, world-class talent on a free transfer, while at the same time losing a world-class, world-beating player on a free transfer. And I think this is probably what Bernardo Silva's trying to 
avoid in a way because he, he's mentioned his age there somewhere in those quotes as well. He said he wants to get get back to Benfica by the time he's thirty two. Well, time's running out if he wants that Spain move, Barcelona, Real Madrid, and I guess like. I guess we might have to deal with this a little bit more. We don't know what will come down the line of Erling Haaland, but I sense that when his three years is sort of uh, confirmed three years at City, when the release clause comes into play after that, we might have this sort of thing happening again. And I guess we just have to get used to it a little bit. Yeah, I guess so. Like you say, the modern day with obviously the power of social media and the power of putting yourself out there if you want to, Mm. it's it's crazy now because, you know, you've seen it with Ronaldo, that's the biggest one. Um, with him obviously doing an exclusive interview and just saying absolutely anything he wanted. Yeah. And then obviously what like that gets him released from United and he's got a, a move elsewhere. But um I don't know. I I think it's such a difficult one because me personally, after reading those comments and stuff, I kinda of just sat there like, oh okay. Like it didn't mm. I wasn't angry but I wasn't happy. I was kind of just like, yeah. okay. Yeah, that was that was it with that. But um like you mentioned, if it if it if it worsens, obviously I think that's when you that's when more and more people start to be like, just, just leave then. Like, yeah. why, why are you here? Would you sell him in in the summer, Louis? Would you sell him right now if you have to make a decision? I know it, you, you, yeah. you've got literally no influence over this, so it, it doesn't really affect much. But are you at the point now where you're thinking, okay, off you pop? I, I don't think just yet. I, mm. I wouldn't say just yet, but at the same time, if if the offer's right and you can get. The replacement, I think the replacement's key. If uh, you can yeah, get yeah. Bellingham in the summer, if we can get Bellingham in the summer, then I'd probably say yeah, to be honest. Even yeah. though I love Bernardo, I probably would say yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of play there, isn't there? The fact that he's ten years younger and sort of yeah. being mooted as a as a future England captain, and also with, with Drew Bellingham, I think this could be actually the first time we've mentioned him on the show. But with Drew Bellingham, you've also got the sense that if if he goes to a Premier League club. That maybe rules out any future transfers to a Premier League club, and it's the same with sort of the yeah. with Liverpool as well. If he goes to Liverpool, we're very unlikely to see him in a City shirt further down the line, and and that for me, I think is where this one hinges on because City would obviously, as they've mentioned a number of times, it wouldn't it wouldn't depend on on Jude Bellingham or, or any other player's future, but. If a if a deal comes in, if an offer comes in, and, and the 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 prospective club can play can pay City what they want, he's happy to go. He he will be he'll be shown the door. He'll say his goodbyes, and that will be that. But it does feel like with this summer that the the window that's upcoming this summer, um, there is going to be this sort of merry-go-round domino effect of midfielders, and and Jude Bellingham is probably at the heart of that because you've yeah. got City, Real Madrid, Liverpool who are looking at him. One of those is gonna well, sorry, two of those is obviously going to miss out, but. Then considering the the other options, I know Enzo Fernandez, obviously World Cup starlet, breakout star from that tournament, heavily linked with Chelsea, could already be in the Premier League. He's another option that's off the table. So it's a case of I reckon who blinks first, and, and especially with City and Bernardo, I think they probably would be happy to swap Bellingham yeah, for Bernardo yeah, yeah, in sure. the summer. But say he goes to Liverpool, say he goes to Real Madrid. Say he goes to Liverpool, for example. Sorry, Real Madrid could then come in for Bernardo Silva. It, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of stuff yeah, to fall into yeah, place definitely. there, don't you think? Yeah, no, nah, there's so many different. Like you said, if this happens, if that, happens, so those are if statements, literally. Yeah, um, yeah. I bet like the city, the city finds what I was tearing the air at the moment. Yeah, it's I know, like I know. the amount of stuff that the spreadsheets, the amount of different things, like clauses <laughs> and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's so difficult because, like you say, Enzo Fernandez would be brilliant as well, but. From I saw what Fabrizio tweeted about him today. It looks like apparently he's 
agreed personally that he'd want to go. It's just mm. getting the right fee now. But mm. obviously the fee is ridiculous, so still a bit to it. But it looks like he could go there. And then if he goes there, then it, other than Bellingham, it makes you wonder would you, who else is there mm. to a degree who you'd of the calibre of Bernardo and of the quality, age, etc. that you'd want to bring in. I mean, I was thinking earlier about this and I saw like, I know, do you know, we've been linked with like Verratti before in the past and he is really yeah. good, but yeah. he's 30 now, which I had a look at as well, mm. um, which is an interesting one. And then, yeah, I don't know. I, I know, know, I know. It, it's crazy, isn't it? Because the, the replacement is going to have to be there. And in fact, you could probably look at Ilkay Gundogan, who's another cog in this machine and, and City will probably need to get a new midfielder regardless of what happens with um with uh, Bernardo Silva one name that I absolutely don't expect a full scouting report from you Louis uh Maximo Perón is obviously someone who's popped out of nowhere a little bit like this time last year when when we were all becoming acquainted and setting our foot mob notifications for for Julian <laughs> Alvarez um <laughs> Anything on him at all? Can, I mean, I'm. I watch a lot of football. I watch an yeah, awful lot yeah. of football, and I'm not sure I've ever, I've ever seen him play one minute. But no. if City targeting him, then he's probably going to be a good player. Yeah, no, I mean, I, yeah, it's one of them. I've heard the name. I've seen a few like transfer rumors, and that's about it, really. And mm. I, I, that's one I really need to look into. I mean, like, you you sprung it to mind before me, so that says everything, to be honest. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure if he's been talks about this much then he obviously is very good and obviously young as well so yeah well I'm gonna as soon as this recording ends I'm gonna go and watch uh, Maximo Perone welcome to Manchester City best skills and goals competition <laughs> uh, possibly on tomorrow's episode we'll be able to do a little bit of an update um, that'll do for part one we'll be back in a moment to discuss Pep Guardiola's comments about body language at Manchester City Welcome back to the City Report podcast. I'm joined by debutant Louis. Um, let's get into this one then. So, body language. Are you a body language expert, Louis? <laughs> I wouldn't say so, no, but when it's obvious, it's obvious, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I'm a little bit the same. Maybe there's uh, some psychologists out there who can who can help us. But uh, it turns out Pep Guardiola is. Um, a lot of quotes and a lot of comments we've been reading out, so let's get into this one. Pep Guardiola said, I believe this was in the press conference after the Everton game. I might be wrong there. I think it was some of the embargoed stuff, so it's, it's only dropped recently. Um, we have to play with 11 players. We can't play with 13. Yeah, that's pretty obvious, Pep. <laughs> Every time it is difficult to choose. Always top players are not playing lately, as you can get older. Uh, as I get older, sorry, I mainly look at body language. You can't play good or you can't play well when body language is not correct. Sometimes you choose players for how happy they are if they're there. The, that's one of the main decisions with choosing the lineup because with skills, I know how good they are. Body language depends on them. Sometimes they are not good. Now, you can put two and two together, you could get whatever you want to, to, to whatever calculation you want to finish up with, but it seems the body language comments are towards Jao Cancelo and Phil Foden, who I believe this question was, sort of, this answer came after the question from uh, one of the journalists about them too. It's, it's another little thing, isn't it, after the Everton defeat, when everyone was so happy after Leeds, great performance, after Liverpool as well, great performance. It seems as though the house of cards has toppled a little bit. And it, it it's, it's a little bit worrying, isn't it, some of the stuff that's been coming out the last couple of days? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I knew straight away, and I think most, most City fans who obviously avidly watch would think, you know, when you've come back from the World Cup and 
other people the same nationality are all playing and mm. then both Cancel and Foden haven't played the last three games or the first three games back, you said you start to question like, is there something that there must be? Because mm. Liverpool here didn't play. Leeds, I mean they I know they came on, but still didn't start. And then the same again with Everton. And it was concerning and then it makes sense now why Pep's like spoken about it and obviously we presume it's alluding to them, but that's that's the way Pep deals with it, isn't it? He never really names and shames players, so you have yeah. to kind of decipher for yourself. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it is a very it's a real shame if that is the case at the moment because like last season arguably two of our best players, and even mm. the start of this season as well, um, mm. especially Foden as well with the way he started this year and his numbers this year have gone right up. So yeah, I. I, it- I it's another one, isn't it? Another one. And, and I think we discussed on the show um, a couple of weeks ago about the the Calvin Phillips overweight sort of saga and whether or not he was right to do that. I, I was in the I was in the in the camp of thinking that he probably could have just said he wasn't fair and he didn't need to sort of yeah. go as deep as he did there. And and it, and it's again, I know I know managers are asked questions and, and we get frustrated when they don't answer them, but Suggesting the body language isn't good. It, it, it basically is just calling Cancelo and Foden out. It, it, it's as simple as that, and it feels like it's sort of it's sort of drawn a line or driven a wedge in between some city supporters who are looking at Foden, looking at Cancelo. Adam and Oliver did a great job at dissecting this sort of made up three at the back formation with one full back and how it sort of stifles City's best attacking qualities, which is sort of making the pitch big, stretching out and uh, and, and getting through defences like that. It, it, it's a worry, isn't it? Because Phil Foden, for example, we'll, we'll, we can touch on Cancelo shortly, but Phil Foden for some is regarded as Manchester City's most talented player. Yeah. You look at De Bruyne and, and for, for what it's worth, I thought he had a stinker against Everton. Haaland scores goals, but in terms of an all-round footballer, he's, he's probably like 10th or 11th in the list. Phil Foden can do literally everything. And, and, and the biggest issue we've had at this point is finding a position that suits him, that can get the best out of him. It, it, it is a little bit worrying, isn't it, now that there's comments from the manager being pointed towards the body language, the attitude, the mentality not being right. Only he knows what that is, and that's, I'm sure, something that will be discussed internally. But when when you look at the, the, the quality and how important, like you say, Phil Foden's been for a number of years, City, to be at their best, have to have him at the best for me. Yeah, yeah, agreed completely. I mean, like you said, then he says body language, but I think that's a, that's just summarising a lot. I think, mm. like you said, there's, there must be an attitude problem or an effort problem behind the scenes yeah. in training, whatever added to it, because it obviously wouldn't be just that, or you presume anyway. Um, but yeah, no, when we've had our best games, and especially this season, our best performances, Foden's always been starting. So, and, and to be honest, cancelled to a degree as well. Mm. Um, so. Yeah, I think, and that's that's the issue with um, what I thought against Everton. I don't think we were anywhere near direct enough. Um, you know, the people have made comments before, um, both Morris and Grealish playing at the same time doesn't always work. And I've tried to, I wanted to really look past that. And especially after the Leeds win, I was thinking, no, maybe that's not true anymore. But mm. then Everton, it kind of went back to a bit, you know, cutting back and not, you know, they'd run at players, but they cut back and then play it back to somebody else. And I think it's a real shame with Grealish particularly because, I feel like that's literally what he was known for at Villa, running the mm. players and go, going mm. past players. But at City, he's really struggled with that, which doesn't really add up, to be honest. Yeah, it, it, for, I, I don't know how Grealish and Mahrez are starting Premier League matches, Champions League matches, you know, just about 
League Cup matches. I wouldn't have them starting with each other there. They've played a lot of uh, football together, and I think if you actually dissected the the numbers behind it, they've probably done quite yeah. well. And City have scored a lot of goals, but just just the eye test sometimes I think helps in this situation because that Everton game had been coming for a while for me. As had the the Brentford game, and you know, once is a, a fluke, I suppose. Twice is a, there's mistakes, there's something else happening there, and we'll have to wait and see because a massive, massive schedule coming up, but. It, the, the, there does seem to be issues with the way yeah. City set up, and with Foden, with Cancelo, fantastic going forward. I wonder if the, I wonder if um, I, I brought this up in a, in, a, in a message. Actually, I've not actually said it on here, but I wonder if the the, the Harlan has the Harland Harland is playing. <laughs> I, I don't know the robot now. Yeah, yeah, the, <laughs> the robot man. I wonder if he's sort of playing into this because. City for me have sur- surrendered a lot of control with him in the team, but you absolutely trade that off for the for the goals he gets. I, you know, City lose against Everton without that that chance. He, you know, he's the only one on the pitch who can put it away. And I wonder if this sort of this setup, this hyper control, this sort of make sure every pass is secure and death by a thousand passes. It's not the same death by a thousand passes we saw in 2017, 18, 19, etc. It's more like overly cautious football and, and yeah. hoping for, as Adam said a number of times, hoping for someone to pop up with a bit of genius. I wonder if that's coming to play with it. I don't know if you've had any thoughts on that. I've, I've no, yeah. I mean, I, there, but. I, I watch the game all the time with, with my mates and stuff. And obviously mm. a lot of those aren't City fans, especially being at uni and stuff. And some of them always say to me, and it, to be honest, City fans as well, that sometimes we just look so slow. And some arguably, I know it's, you know, I, I w- this isn't me personally, my personal view, but people also say oh, they look boring to watch as well, mm. especially these days. And I know what you mean, because then that comes into line with the overcautious part, because sometimes we can just be, yeah, keeping the ball. And if we can't find a breakthrough, we'll just pass back to the back line or pass back to Edison to keep it. Yeah. But that's sometimes you've just got to take those risks. And that's normally how the best goals happen as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had the, I don't know if it was the the uh, the happiness that came about or it was a bit unfortunate. But I saw a compilation from twenty seventeen eighteen, and I don't want to be that guy comparing <laughs> because for me, I, for me, I think the twenty seventeen eighteen City team is probably the best in Premier League history in terms of playing football. I'm not going to get into a debate about the draw specialists in two thousand and four <laughs> or the last minute goal winners in nineteen ninety nine or whatever. I for, I, I for what it's worth, I would have City above all of them. But in terms of actual footballing ability, that team was was unmatched. And I don't want to compare pair something that's you know five years later to that but it popped up on my screen and I was like oh my god it yeah. was so good it was so good you don't know what you've got until it's gone and uh, hopefully if anyone can get City back to that position it is going to be Guardiola um I guess we'll I guess we'll call it a day there Louis um thank you first and foremost very much for joining us you'll be back I'm sure in the future but yeah a strong debut a strong showing and a, a good way to kick off the new year no, no worries at all. Thanks for having me on as well. It's good. No good worries, chat. no worries. And, and finally, uh, at Talk MCFC, I've got that right, isn't it? On yeah, most platforms? yeah, of course. Yeah, um, there's a dot in between it on some of them, but you'll right, okay. Right. Yeah, I'm sure it'll pop up. Um, right, okay, that'll do for today. We'll be back. Every day this week, we'll be starting to look ahead to the Chelsea midweek game. Uh, that'll be coming in the next couple of days and then some weekend predictions as well. So listen out for that one. Until next time then, we'll see you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. 
By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running, and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.